Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Video Game Lounge podcast. I am your host for this glorious of all glorious episodes, Kevin. And of course, joined by my co-host for today, this episode, and every other freaking episode we've done so far, Mr. Andrew. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good. I'm glad to be here, like always. (laughs) Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, Another episode without John. Sadness. Yeah, should be joining us for the next episode. Uh, if you didn't get to hear last episode, he got to join us for that, so it was good to have him back. It was. He will be joining us uh, more regularly here shortly. I don't. I don't think starting next episode, but not too far from that. Uh, just waiting for his life to slow down some, so he can you know shoot the shit with us and talk about video games like we always do. Andrew, how, how have you been, man? You know, I can't complain. It wouldn't do me any good if I tried. <laughs> but that's the whole point of podcasts, is you have people <laughs> to talk to and to listen. Well, there's a lot of people that listen. <laughs> Just not a lot of things I can talk about. Ah, fair, fair. Are you doing better than last episode? Yes. Uh, last episode, you didn't have too much to talk about as far as what you're playing, because you were a Debbie Downer. I was, and I'm glad to say that I'm I'm definitely a little better than that. A little better than I was. And it's Good. all I can do is to try to move forward and be a little more optimistic about things. Fantastic. Well, chopping to our first musical segue of what you drink. All right, so Andrew, spoilers, Andrew can't drink this weekend because he's on call, but he is, you know, nourishing his body with some kind of liquid. So what you got over in that little tippy-top glass? Oh, behave. Oh, <laughs> so, so for people that don't know, or just a little refresher, I am on a, uh, an on-call rotation for my job where I do carry a CDL, a commercial driver's license, and... It's in my best interest to not consume alcohol during that time I am on call. Because at any moment, I could be called in. So today, I have uh, treated myself with the delectable vanilla Coke. Oh, be very jealous. I'm not not even sure if I'm a Coke guy. I definitely don't really give a crap about their special flavors. They're always so sweet to me. I mean, I, I get that's the point of a soda, especially a vanilla Coke. I don't know, like the cherry Coke leaves like a scratchiness in my throat. Cherry Coke always tasted a little weird to me. Maybe it was more like a, because the cherry flavor, medicine or like Dimatap. Like it just gave, kind of gave me that like a reminder of uh, why, why did everything growing up have to be cherry and grape flavored? That kind of ruined me for a lot, of, a lot of shit later on in adult life. Why can't they get those flavors right is my question. It's not like, who the fuck is tasting that? They must have had COVID, and they're like, yep, that's cherry. And they just needed to keep their job, so they were like a yes man. 
little fun snippet of information. Do you know why artificial banana flavored candy doesn't taste like bananas nowadays? Why? Because the bananas nowadays are they're well, I mean they're modified. Mm-hmm. They're they're not the same bananas that used to exist. It's it's like they've evolved to a point where the artificial banana flavoring is supposed to be an actual mimic of the original banana flavoring. But bananas nowadays don't taste like that artificial banana flavor. I would have crushed the original bananas. I love like banana Laffy Taffies. I know that's like a taboo thing to say. Uh, Anything banana, artificial or real, like I I can't get it with it. What about bananas? I had a fucking peanut butter and banana sandwich for breakfast today. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you, it's dude? I, d- I, d- I know, but it used to be the point where I could only eat maybe half a banana, and then I'm good for over six months. Something about the aftertaste, everything like that. I didn't enjoy the flavor, or the taste of it, and especially the aftertaste. It was just no thanks. Nope, dude. In this in this house, we crush bananas every time we go grocery shopping. It's a bag of mandarin oranges, bananas. And then whatever seasonal fruit. So, like, right now I think it's, like, blueberries, strawberries. Uh, we bought a watermelon, and we got a pineapple. Nice. And it's really cool because uh, now that we can actually afford fruit, because I used to say growing up, I was like, fruit is, you got to be making some bank to afford fruit. And I still stand by that because fruit's expensive shit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're rolling in the podcast money right now. because We got six different types of fruit in this house. Nope. So how come I'm not seeing any fruit in my house? <laughs> Why are you taking all the fruit money? You got vanilla in your coat. What more do you want, my man? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. All I got was a little vanilla extract. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting on fruit money over there. I get I get a little like teaspoon of vanilla extract in my coat. You stretch it out, that shit goes a long way, my friend. Now, I will say the only banana flavor thing that I do enjoy is banana nut bread. As weird as that may be, there's something different about it. What about a muffin? Like a banana nut muffin? Yeah, I, I, the breading style, like uh, whether it's a loaf or a muffin, I like it. It's it's not as intense of a flavor. What about banana pudding with like the vanilla wafers? Nope. Because that's more of the banana flavor. Or what about vanilla wafers? Because aren't vanilla wafers like banana flavor? Vanilla wafers, because they're vanilla, and they go with banana. Yeah. Yeah. I I love Nilla wafers. My dad used to eat them all the time. So anytime I get a box of them, they're candy to me. They're never a staple in this house. They're always like, yeah, we need to buy some because we're making something. It's like that in graham crackers. Who the fuck just has graham crackers laying in their house? Surprisingly enough, we do. Even without kids, we have graham crackers because we use them as treats for the dog when we take her outside to encourage her to go potty and then come back inside. She gets a broken up piece of graham cracker. We got these uh, dog treats that smell so good. They smell like cinnamon, but not like an overabundance of cinnamon. Just enough to make you want to taste it. Uh, My mother-in-law could see things from somewhere around town. They, I think they're called like ugly treats or something. They're treats that have been broken up. So, you know, they're not up to... They can't sell them because people are like, "Oh, those are ugly." So they sell them, and they're usually cheaper. And I don't know, if, I don't know where they get them from. But they smell amazing. 
the Isle of Misfit Treats. Yeah. And I can confidently say that because my wife says the same thing. And she said the same thing to her friend that came over a couple of days ago. So I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't feel, I haven't tasted them. I might one day and I'll, I'll, I'll report back. I have not tasted the cinnamon smelling good talk treats yet. So get those, man. I don't know if they sell them in your area, but quit giving them fucking graham crackers. What's wrong with you? People food. Ah, she loves it. My dog loves it. Eh, fair enough. You know what my dog loves? Bananas. Weirdo. <laughs> Well, going back to vanilla Coke, that's what I'm drinking today. What are you drinking today? (laughs) Oh, man. Very simple. A hot toddy. It's been a miserable past couple days here on the Eastern Shore. I don't know if it's the same thing up there. It is dreary. It is wet. It is cold. Like, it's May, and I think tonight is supposed to be like a low of 40 or something. Something like that. I was like, let me make something that warms the bones up. And for those that don't know what a hot toddy is, you know your boy's drinking some whiskey. Uh, it's very simple. Very, very simple. You just need a little bit of lemon, uh, some honey, and whiskey. So you take the lemon wedge, and you squeeze it, and then you just put it down the bottom of the glass. And then you just add honey, and you add some whiskey, and then just put some hot water in there. Not too much, because you want to light it to dilute it too much, but then you just warm it up. And it's a nice little warm glass of whiskey. I would say it helps when you're like sick, kind of like when you're drinking hot tea with the honey and stuff. It's just, it's just really good. Like hot lemon water with honey. That itself is a good um, drink to consume whenever you're not feeling well. For sure. That and gargling salt water. Do we generally understand why it works, but it does? I was always apprehensive to try it. So, um, story time. One time my ex just did not want to go to work. She was going to she was gonna call out, but she didn't know what to say or how to say it. So I said, look, I've got it. I have got this drink that you can have, and you'll definitely be able to convince your boss that you are sick. I went into the ki- kitchen, and I threw together a concoction of just random shit. I had no plan going into it except for I am going to see how nasty of a concoction I can make that this person will consume before trying to call their boss. So I did. I was so proud of myself. I kept, uh, <laughs> I kept my cool, kept my composure, mixed it all together, ended up presenting it to uh, my girlfriend at the time. And I said, here, drink this. And she's like, are you sure? I said, yes. So she drank it. and she gag she started coughing and i was like this is perfect and i just started busting out laughing and she's like you're an asshole i said but you're you sound sick now she's like you're right i'm gonna call my boss <laughs> so she called her boss and then she got off work and i had a laugh about it and it was fantastic did you write down what was in the drink no it was just anything random that i had available at the time it, it would have been worse than if you just went to the kitchen right now Took a couple of condiments out of your fridge and maybe a couple of seasoning spices. I don't keep condoms in my fridge. Condiments. Mm. So that's my fun little segue of uh, your hot toddy to uh, <laughs> a fun experience. You should try it, man. It's uh, it, it won't make you feel sick. Like whatever unknown to us concoction you made. Can you remember like two things that were in it? No. 
<laughs> my man didn't give a shit. No. He's like, watch this. I, I just reach for whatever. And you were trying to be helpful, correct? Or Yes. Or yes. did she like, and, just piss you off? But I was trying to see how far I could push it while still oh. being helpful. I don't think you were trying to be helpful. <laughs> like, not to break this down like a psychiatrist, I don't think you were trying to be helpful at all. I knew she was calling her boss, and the whole thing was psychological. If she wanted to actually think that she was able to portray that she's sick enough, I had to help her believe that she was sick enough. And I accomplished that. I think what happened in that household was she like told you to do the dishes or something after you just spent all day working and you just sat down to play some video game. The next day she went to call it sick and you're like, oh, in your mind you're like, yeah, you're going to call it sick all right because you're going to be sick. And then you feed her like ketchup with 14-year-old tuna and banana. I guess since we already asked uh, Andrew that you are feeling better, and hopefully that means you've been playing something, because up next we got what you playing. You just got pwned, pwned. Yes, thankfully, I have been actually getting back into it. I don't know what it is, like I've said before, about how many games that I have yet to beat or complete or anything like that. It's just a a feeling of, I don't know, maybe whenever I beat a game, I just felt like it's over, what do I do now? So I've generally avoided trying to complete games. And maybe that's a psychological thing that I can dive into later, but not now, because I actually, uh, I finished the other half of Drake's Uncharted, the Uncharted Drake's Fortune game that was originally suggested to us by John to be able to play, and we'll talk about that at a later episode, because we're going to mention our collective experiences, but I beat that. And at the same time, I was also playing another game that we were talking about before that we were interested in, which was Tunic, the very Zelda-esque related game. Played that, beat that, loved it. Talk about that in another episode, too. So from there on, I decided, all right, well, I kind of took a break on Genshin Impact for a little bit. Let me get back into maybe occasionally doing my dailies. Did that for a little bit. Um, and then I started back into Tales of Arise because I told Kevin before, look, dude, man, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I just got to grind for levels and that's just so monotonous and boring. And I hate that. So what do I do? Well, about two to three hours every night for about three nights, I ended up grinding and gotten up like 12 levels on three different playthroughs. That's helped. I was able to yesterday beat two of the world bosses I struggled with before. I'm further along in the story, I think. I'm near the last level. I think. I thought that before, too. But I think I'm near the last level. So, fingers crossed, I'm getting close to completing this game. And I'm excited for that. Do you think you're going to have to level up some more? Oh, yes. Because when I got to the point the first time of thinking, all right, well, I got it up far enough in the story. It was probably just a, a quicker game. I got into my low to mid 30s for a level, and I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe it's just one of those quicker games. Wrong. 
I had gotten up to 37. I tried to beat some bosses, could not beat the bosses. So I've leveled up and I'm at 53 now. Still playing through. And I'll probably get to mid to late 50s because some of the bosses that I'm facing are, are like the bigger bosses are still like 62, 64. So if I can get closer to that, it'll uh, definitely help. Cool. Hopefully uh, you can crush this game and then you can move on to the next one. I didn't know this, but Genshin Impact is coming to the Switch. The only reason I know that is because like, they came out they were like, yes, it's still coming to the Switch. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but are you going to play it on the Switch? That'll give you some to-go options besides your cell phone. Maybe if they had some sort of Switch character special, mm. like they had with PlayStation and Alloy from Horizon. Mm-hmm. But I think I thought the problem that they had with it coming to the Switch for the longest time was the memory. It was either the memory or graphics or something, but it was difficult for them to be able to work it on the Switch, where the larger consoles of Xbox and even PC and which was also weird because you know there are some tablets that were running it too people run it on their phones i don't know maybe i'm just stupid and i don't understand why they really couldn't do it on the switch at start but it'll be interesting to see how they try to convince people to play it on the switch instead of the other platforms they have true i wonder how the the money goes because you can buy things in the game right like it's a it's a free to play and you can pay to so I wonder yeah. how that I wonder how that currency gets divided. Like if you buy it on PlayStation, does the currency some of it go to Sony and some of it goes to the creator? Or I wonder how that all works. I'm trying to remember specifically now because you can buy PlayStation points for a regular monetary value that can be converted to the in-game currency. Okay. So I wonder if that's that's the swap there. They're able to say, all right, here, we'll take this monetary equivalent from PlayStation hmm. and then make it an equivalent to our own. That makes sense. Well, that's cool. Glad you're feeling better and you were able to play some, some video games. Uh, me uh, too. The video games have missed you, and congrats on beating Uncharted. Yay. I've also started my Uncharted adventure again. Because it, it had been months since I last played it, so I was like, let me restart. I think I'm on like chapter 12 or something. I think there's like 20, 22 chapters. Something like something. that, yeah. So I'm going through that. Don't want to talk about that too much because like Andrew said, we're going to have a whole episode on, on Uncharted Uno. But I have been playing some more of Nobody Saves the World. I actually got my 1,000 achievement points on that today. Nice. Yeah, had to go through and beat the game twice. So that, that was really fun. Andrew, I still suggest you playing. Well, also I've been playing uh, Luigi's Mansion on my 3DS in bed. I've played Luigi's Mansion before. Me and Chuck Eternal used to play Luigi's Mansion on Halloween night. It's been so long since we played it. Like, I had never played it before that day. And I think Chuck had played it before, but it had been so long since he played it that it was pretty much like a blind race between us. Always forget how short that game is. You can 100% that game, I would say your first playthrough, like five, six hours. And the only difference between 100% and just beating it is the amount of ghosts you have to get because there's 
booze riddled throughout the thing, and you had to collect at least 40 of them to beat the final boss. Well, there's only 50. So I believe that last 10 is the only difference between beating the game and 100%. You can also collect money, and it gives you a rank at the end, so that varies. But I've been playing on the 3DS, and the 3DS adds a couple things. They add a, what's called a hidden mansion, which makes it harder. The enemies have more health. They do more damage to you. And the 3DS also added achievements. So you know your boy's all about the fucking achievements. Yeah, boy. The only problem is uh, these achievements don't obviously work like the Xbox. I don't get points. I can't show it off or anything. It's literally just on this file, and I would have to like take a picture, upload it to Reddit, and get fucking whatever crap they do. But it is very hard. One of the hardest things you have to do is get a platinum frame on all 23 ghosts. In order to do that, you have to suck 140 of their 150 health. It's very hard because the ghosts are like pulling away and there's some RNG a little bit to it to some of the ghosts. But I did that. I've done all the hard things. So now I have to go through and do the monotonous stuff. I have to collect $500 million which takes at least four playthroughs. Jeez. I have to collect a certain amount of these golden mice and these speedy ghosts. There's only 10 mice per playthrough, and there's 15 of the speedy ghosts. I have to collect 20 of the mice and 30 of the speedy ghosts. So if you're not, if you're not sure what to do, that takes three, maybe four. At the least, it takes two. Right now, the achievement I'm working on, I'm working on three of them at the same time. I'm working on beating it under three hours. I'm working on don't go below 50 health and don't go below 80 health. I'm trying to knock those three out in the same playthrough. Because after that, it's I'm almost done. Like By the next recording, hopefully, I can say I'm done with that. I'm going to uninstall it, and then I'm going to play Luigi's Mansion 2, Dark Moon. Oh. Yeah, which was 3DS exclusive. I don't think it got as favored. But I think it was a pretty fun game. I haven't gone through and beaten it. I did play it when it first came out. And then today, actually, I started this really funny-ass game called Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. I'm glad you're talking about this because I've seen this game and I've been curious about it and wanting to try it too. So far, it seems really short, but it's fucking hilarious. My wife... Uh, I was sitting on the couch while I was playing it. And you can go through and collect these letters. Some people will show you, like this one guy showed me his 1099 form. The only thing you can do is read it and rip it up. You ripped up the poor man's 1099? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, fuck his 1099, man. One of the first quests you get is you pick up Old Man Lemon's watering can. And he like picks it up in like the Zelda pose where he has it above his head and it's shining. <laughs> and it's, yeah. And it's like, you found Old Man Lemon's watering can. And then right next to it is Old Man Lemon. So you talk to him and he's like, Oh, yeah, have you have you seen my watering can? It's the only thing that I have that reminds me of my late wife. I would I I would be so remiss if I couldn't find it. And you just like you steal it. <laughs> it's, it's super funny. Definitely doesn't take itself seriously at all. The best joke I've come across so far was there was this like Apple or something. Her name was like Slay Queen 32. And in order, you have to go talk to her and she gives you a quest. She's like, hey, I want a tier three sub. 
and it's an actual sub shop and you have to go get a tier three sub and you go get the tier three sub, you give it to her cause she's a Twitch streamer. I'm sorry, not Twitch. I forgot what this, she was some kind of streamer. And she's like, well, now that you gave me a tier three sub, you get access to all these cool things. Like you can go through this door and you can progress the story, but then you get an achievement and the achievement's called simp. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, dude. That game is so funny. I probably played it for like an hour and it gives you like a little percentage. And I'm like already 45% of the way through. So I can't imagine this game is very long at all, but it is a lot of fun. Just like, it's kind of like Legend of Zelda. You got the heart pieces in the corner, the top left. You get a sword. Uh, you have to go beat things up. But it's just funny. So I highly suggest, Andrew, if you got some time and you want to throw another game on that you can beat, to install that, I guarantee it's like two gigabytes. It's going to take you half a second to install. And it would take you less than a day to beat, I, I think. But I guarantee you next time I talk about this game, it's going to be done. So that's that's what I've been playing. Great game. Highly suggest it. So definitely, if you if you want something, Andrew, you're like, man, it's been a, it's been a bad day. Just fucking plug that game into Xbox and have at her. Right on. You're not gonna be able to play it and not fucking laugh because this shit's funny as hell. Nice. Well, now that we've discussed, you know, the typical what you're drinking, what you're playing, we can go into the main part of the episode. But before we do that, we'd like to thank Creative Brand Candy for having us as part of their group. We also want to give a shout out to Stay Wild Trauma Child. And of course, as always, so I don't fuck it up, we make it real easy. We all recorded commercials. So here's Stay Wild Trauma Child with their commercial. Psst, excuse us. We've been trying to reach you about your life's traumatic experiences. No, no, don't hit fast forward. We come in peace. I'm Jamie. And I'm Steph. And we're the hosts of the Stay Wild Trauma Child podcast. We are two best friends who are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss, parenthood, relationships, mental health, and so much more. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and join us every other Tuesday night for some hard truths, a whole lot of laughs, and maybe even a little bit of healing. We will shut up now and let you get back to your show. Stay wild, future trauma child. Wasn't that wonderful, folks? But let's get into our episode. And today's episode is going to be about mostly co-op games. And we're going to be focusing more on co-op games where you can play with either your significant other, maybe a younger brother or sister, maybe with your parents who aren't into gaming. Basically, we're going to be talking about co-op games that have an easier entryway into we'll 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 break it down in the later parts of the episode on easier for people who don't really play games to play and then we'll have some that like they have experienced playing games before and they want to dabble a little bit deeper into it most likely me and andrew will be talking about our wives and us because that's that's what we play with you know we we play with our wives. We try and get our wives to embrace, you know, what we've been doing for practically all of our lives. And we want them to enjoy that experience as well. Just creates a little bit of a bonding moment. And we want to, you know, give you guys some game suggestions to try and get, like I said, your significant other or your younger brother or father, mother, whoever to, to play these games with you. Because Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, 
we both grew up and our dads were like, Hey, you wanna you wanna play some of these games with us? Yep. I remember uh your dad was big into Mario. Mm-hmm. So he always helped us on the really hard levels. Or we watched him play all the levels while we <laughs> waited our turn, we died right away, and then he played another like seven levels himself. And great, my dad great. would stay up until three AM playing his <laughs> own solo game and wake up two hours later for work. <laughs> Man, what do you think he went to work and talked about? He's like, oh, man. Man, oh, home life. Yeah, it's just got me staying up so late. The, the, the wife, she just talks and talks. Because it's not like now. It's not like you can go to work and you can talk to your friends and be like, man, I stayed up till 4 a.m. playing Halo. You think he went to work and was like, oh, I stayed up till 4 a.m. playing Eye of the Beholder. <laughs> man, did you guys catch that latest episode of Dark Wizard? Uh I bet your dad tried to play it off. He's like, yeah, I was watching the game. Yeah. Are you, are you check what, what game? Oh, man. The, oh, it was the, game. Uh, the rerun. <laughs> yeah, I, I TiVo'd it five years before TiVo was out. Yeah. <laughs> God, good old Chuck. But that was definitely our intro into it of us liking games and having something that we can enjoy as well as bond with our dads over so it was definitely a an easy transition for us to be able to play games together you and me and have bonding moments that way too for sure for sure so just just want to reiterate we're me and andrew are going to be talking about mostly playing games with our wives uh maybe games we've played with former exes but it's basically just going to be us talking about uh some we're going to start with some of the experiences we have with some of the games that we played ourselves and then some that we might not have played, but we feel like would be a good jumping off point And then maybe just a really fun co-op game to play. Cause you know, me and Andrew have played co-op games together, but me and Andrew have also been playing games together for years. So it's, it's much easier when I'm like, Hey Andrew, you want to play this game? And he's like, yeah, who gives a fuck? Then trying to convince whoever to play a game when they don't even play games. So, Andrew, do you have any that, uh, that you have done co-op with? Way back when, I had a PS3 as well as a 360, Xbox 360. My girlfriend at the time enjoyed playing Little Big Planet and Viva Pinata. Both fun, more simple games, but Little Big Planet, two controllers, and you can just work together, run around this little map. It had a lot of fun little story mechanisms to it, as well as level progression, but it wasn't like you had to have a severe amount of skill to be able to play. But also the the mechanics of it, and with PS3 having the the graphics of, you can see these little knits of yarn of this little doll running around on the map. It was It was intriguing, it was enticing, and it definitely helped to grab her attention where... She wasn't really the most into video games before, so she didn't have a lot of experience. And some of you probably think with me and my anime is weird because you haven't tried it yourself. She probably thought the same about video games. So this was a good bridge. And Viva Pinata. If you haven't checked it out, it's funny. Check it out. You basically start creating a farm off of a small plot of land. And you have random animals that will come and visit your farm that will eventually stay if you entice them enough or you have the right uh, 
Environment? Prerequisites. And yes, and the environment too. And they are all pinatas. So every wild animal that comes through, from chickens to deers, like they're all pinatas. So that gave a fun and colorful experience to that that was on a little bit of a lighter mood. And that was a game that she was even able to play, you know, by herself without even me being around, but we could work on the farm together. I could log in, she could log in. It was something that was just a a, a bonding moment, like you mentioned, because we were able to build and create and work something together. I love Viva Pinata. I remember playing the first one on Xbox 360, and the game starts out really, really easy, and it gets harder to get some of the animals, but I, I like how in Viva Pinata they have like unique names, and they're usually little pun-related names. Yes. And you get to force the pinatas to have sex. And every time they have sex, there's a little mini-game. I forgot about that. There, it's, I forgot what it, it's like called dancing or something. But they all have these special dances, and then they have kids. Yes. And then the other pinatas can fight the other pinatas in your garden or whatever. And when they explode, little pieces of candy fall out. And you hear that, like, confetti pop, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great game, man. Great game. A lot of these I've played with my wife. Now, I'll tell you the games that I played with my wife. My wife does play video games. She doesn't play it as seriously as we do. But she does dabble. She uh, talked about how she plays Sims before. Growing up, she played Diablo. So one big one we played is Minecraft. Minecraft is awesome. Uh, my little nephew loves Minecraft. And I've played with him before, and I usually just play with my wife. But I've also played with my, my friends. Minecraft on the like the beginning part of the game seems so simple. It's build and survive. You know, you get dropped off into a random map in a random part of the map, and you have to first build shelter, and then get food, and then survive. And you can just do that. You can just build things that way. You don't even have to do uh, survival mode. You can do creator mode, and you don't have to worry about dying. You can literally just build things. But then it has something to give people that do want a game because there's stuff to find and you can go to the nether and you can fight actual bosses when i first heard about minecraft i didn't want to do it because i'm not very creative but then like watching some i was like holy shit i didn't know this thing had bosses i I literally thought you just went around and build houses and fucking beat the shit out of chickens with your hands right me too just oh let me break apart this block yeah. i have a little bit of material i didn't realize it was very creative of very almost scientific way of putting things together to create something new and then you could do that all over again while farming materials and staying alive and survival no it's a it's a fun have you played have you played it before andrew i i don't think i've like fully given it a chance I didn't want to give it a chance whenever it first came out because I guess the aesthetics of it seemed very childish to me. So I thought that that was who they were basically gearing it towards. But now I see not only with all the different modifications that people are doing with it, it's very much so geared towards all ages. Anybody that has that type of creative or whimsical mentality to be able to play games and create a map create a an area and just survive 
it's a lot, it's a lot of fun and the the co-op aspect of it is so fun because like I'll get to go off. I'm like, hey, Joe, I'm going to go explore. I'm going to go find a cave. I'm going to go find some diamonds for us. And I'm like, that's cool. She's like, I'm going to work on the farm. And then she just, she does, like, you're playing together, but at the same time, you can do your own fucking thing. So it's really cool the way you can guys just split up work. In the end, there's real no objective. You guys create your own objective of what you want to get done, and then you go do it. So when you think about more current relationships for us. You mentioned your wife. My wife does have a little bit of video game background before I met her. She had a Wii. She loved playing Just Dance and Mario Kart and such like that. So I have gotten updated versions of Mario Kart and we have played that on the Wii, Wii U, Switch, and I even got Mario Kart 7 for the 3DS for her. Doesn't play that one as much though. For her, she's not really into it that much. But if you were to find that your partner ends up liking the portable devices better, possibly having a cheaper 3DS or DS or something like that, you could play Mario Kart together. Uh, The original Mario Kart on DS, you didn't need a second cartridge, just a second DS. You could do a little like local download play and still play together off of one game. It made it a little simpler, and it definitely made it seem like Nintendo was more on sharing the experience than trying to grab all the money at that time. Yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that they did that. They did it with a couple other games as well, where you didn't need the actual game in order to play co-op with people. They were really big on that in the DS. I also bought my wife a 3DS, but that was more for like some single-player games. There was just some stuff that I was like, hey, you can take this, go to work, and play that. One of my wife's favorite games was WarriorWare growing up. And uh, I had never really experienced WarriorWare. You know, I played Mario Party. But I bought her the newest WarriorWare for the Switch. And she fucking loves that. And we, we play together. So you take, you each get one half the Joy-Con. You each get one Joy-Con, I guess is the best way to describe it. And you get to pick a team of these random-ass characters that they have. Each one of them do sort of different things. They control a little different. They might be able to shoot. They might be able to jump. But that is a blast. I don't I don't know if you've ever played WarriorWare, Andrew, but... I have not. It is high-octane fucking shit. You start out, it's just an assortment of mini-games. Except these mini-games are coming at you a fucking mile a minute. So, at first, it would be like, pull and it's this guy's fucking finger up his nose and you have to pull the finger out of his nose and then it's like congratulations and it gives you like five seconds and then the next one's like avoid and then you have this little car and there's soccer balls getting knocked at you so you have to drive this car and avoid it and every like 10 or 15 you do the speed it gets increased and it's just it's just this continuously until you run out of lives just constantly keeping on your toes yeah there's so many mini games, but you can select a certain area. It'll have those sorted amount of mini games. The one that I love the most, I think his name is Nine Volt. He does all of the old school like NES ones. So there'll be one of Super Mario Brothers and it's like jump. And you have to jump on the Goombas. And then there's one for Legend of Zelda where you have to go I think it was like going to some room or something and they have 
Duck Hunt, and it's all these other ones. So these ones are like, Ooh. all right, I get this. But even then, when you first play the game, you have no idea. Like, sometimes you have no idea what you're fucking supposed to be doing. It's just because it gives you one word. Sometimes you win by accident, and then sometimes you're just like, okay, I get it now. And then when you go back and play it, it's like, okay. But then the co-op part, you guys can do these puzzles together, or these little games together. So, say, the driving car one, we'll have two cars instead of one, and we can avoid getting hit. For the pick-your-nose one, you guys both can move the hand, so it just gives you more opportunity. And the whole time, you're just like, on the couch, yelling at each other, pull the, pull the finger! Pull the finger! You know, it's just, it's, it's intense, and it gets you guys to talk, and it's really fun. Nice. You mentioning that game reminded me of another older game that I would play on the Wii. We've mentioned before with Rayman Raving Rabbids. Yeah. That was a lot of fun using the Wii mode and actually doing these interactive little mini games that were just a little off the wall just because the Raving Rabbids are just very wild and crazy. They almost remind you of Groot's minions in Despicable Me or <laughs> something like that. Like depending on how what makes it relatable for you to understand like these raving rabbits have these fun little mini games that you wouldn't think that they'd be able to come up with a new mini game and it actually been be enjoyable but no whenever you have these little rabbits with scuba gear coming out of the water towards you on a beach and you have to shake your Wiimote to shoot orange juice at them the orange juice goes in their snorkel in their goggles, drowns them, and then it's an oncoming assault onto the beach, and you have to just stay them back. Rayman Raving Rabbids is a fun little minigame that would definitely be enticing playing with your kids, or even if you have that person that you want to play that's just a goofy little games. But you can progress through areas as well by doing those games. And that was a little while ago on the Wii, but I think they've come out with some newer ones since. No idea. I know they've done some things with the rabbits, but uh, I'm not sure if they're the mini game collection. But I, I, I hope they do, because you talking about it, I'm like thinking about is my Wii modded? Can I? I'm I'm sorry. Do I have Do I have the game on my shelf? Is what I meant to say. <laughs> it's okay. You've already paid for it at one point. I just turned around. I can fucking see it too. I it's still up on that shelf over there. I still got it. So might be busting out the Wii mode, man. Like I said, WarioWare is sort of like Mario Party. Won't go too in-depth with Mario Party because they're basically the same thing. So Mario Party gives you more time. But definitely definitely a game that I suggest. There's so many of them. Uh, they actually have two out for the Switch. There are plenty to play. There's a crappy one on the 3DS that I would say avoid. One game me and my wife loved playing was Overcooked. Overcooked is a sequel as well. Overcooked 2. So Overcooked is you guys are chefs. You guys have to make orders, and that's it. It starts out very simple. You're like in a kitchen, and they only give you a couple ingredients, like some lettuce, here's a burger. You got to cook the burgers. Then you give it to the customers. Then you take the dirty plate, and you got to wash the plates. So you guys get into a system of talking with each other, like for us. I was like, Joe. Burgers are burning. Burgers are burning. Go get the burgers. I got I got the plates. I'm washing the plate right now. I'm going to bring the plate over to you. Because if you cook the burger and you didn't have a plate, you'd be stuck holding this pan with a burger because you couldn't put it anywhere. Basically, it just comes down to yelling at each other. It's like, I need a plate. I need mustard. 
Get the must lettuce. No one's cutting up lettuce. It'll definitely bring out the inner Gord Ramsey. In oh, it. yeah. And it gets way, way intense because as the missions progress, there's one where you're on a moving truck and the truck is fucked. Like when I say moving truck, I mean the truck is moving. The kitchen is separated by two. So the trucks go back and forth. So you have to get on the right side of the truck to get over. And when it moves forward, or the top one moves back, you have to go to the other part of the truck going that way, and you can fall. It's very intense. I fucking love Overcooked. And my wife loves it too. Like, we we haven't beaten it. We got very close, and then I think my daughter was born, so we put everything on hold. But Overcooked, for sure, is, uh, is definitely the one I suggest. That was definitely one I was looking at myself, because of how fun it looked, and the cooperation you can have to get everything done. If you haven't seen it before, it's very much like Cooking Mama meets Master Chef Gordon Ramsay. Uh, so you have the entire overlay, like he said, and you're all working together to create your dishes. And you definitely have to work on that communication cooperation. Talking about some of these games, I can't imagine me and you playing these games because I feel like we would get so angry. Like, I feel like my wife there, I have to check myself. I can't yell at her. But if I'm fucking playing this game with you, I'm like, Andrew, fuck it. I told you, your dishes, lettuce, and burgers. All right. I got the buns. I got the clean dishes. And you're like yelling at each other. You're you're doing a seafood dish. This squid is so raw. I just (laughs) told SpongeBob to fuck off. Like (laughs) Classic. But yeah, I I could see us definitely having more aggression because we're used to taking the lead Mm -hmm. in games like we each are. So it has a different dynamic whenever we're trying to bring in our significant others that have less experience whenever it comes to aptly executing said tasks. Mm -hmm. So at times, you know, it's time to take the driver's seat. And at times it's, it's okay to, you know, chill back a little. But yeah, I definitely wanted to look into Overcooked myself. It's on Game Pass, man. Telling you, Game Pass. It's got a lot of bangers on there. Well, one of them that uh, we enjoyed a lot that Emily kept coming back and saying, can we play this? Can we play this? Was Castle Crashers. Castle Crashers is a story progressed. I almost want to say fighter, but it's not really a fighter. It's a little RPG mechanic. I consider it like an RPG beat-em-up. Yeah, a beat-em-up. That's perfect. Basically, you are one of four players that can play at each time. You can have your own characters that you will progress, level up, gain experience, find new weapons, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But you work together on this side-scrolling map, beat them up, invading forces that are invading the kingdom. You are one of four knights that are helping to save the four princesses that were kidnapped and then taken throughout the land. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mario, the princess is in another castle. It's, it's, it's exactly what it is. You have to basically progress through, level up to get to the next level, rescue the next princess, etc. But it's a very fun dynamic to be able to work together to have the different engagements of how your character can help their character. So whenever we did it, my character 
was the Red Knight who could control fire. And as I leveled up, my fire magic increased. She did ice. So we had the back and forth dynamic of just basically spamming the whole screen with fire and ice all the time. And it was fantastic. And she loved it. She enjoyed it. And we were able to go through and beat the game. And then we ended up getting it again. It originally came out on Xbox 360. And I bought it again on Xbox One because she enjoyed it just that much. It is a great game. I recently just got my thousand on that one as well. Because I had to farm money to go buy like the last two pits. It was annoying. (laughs) These next two are older games. Ones that I grew up playing. Diablo and Donkey Kong Country. I love me some Donkey Kong Country. I love the music. I love the visuals. I I could play that game over and over again. It's, It's one of my favorite SNES games for sure. And I remember me and my wife playing this together, and she was having a blast. What's really fun is the game starts out pretty simple, and the progression of difficulty is actually really well done as far as it not getting too crazy difficult too quickly. And if it does, there's a co-op and there's a versus. We always did the co-op where I would play as one of the Kongs and she would play as the other Kong. So if she died, then it'd be up to me to play. So we still got that sense of progression, even if she died or if I died. And she felt like really super good if I died and then she finished level. And then, like I said, Diablo, my wife grew up on that. She loves Diablo. We actually streamed it a little bit where she was in the living room on her laptop and I was in my computer room. We've played Diablo 1, Diablo 2. We've even bought Diablo 3 on Xbox one and we played Diablo Ooh. 3. Yeah, she loves Diablo. And it's another thing where you can just create your own character and kind of do what you want because it just feels awesome teaming up and just slaying these baddies together and then you get to fight over loot. Hell yeah. So one of the more prominent ones that came about around COVID was a game that took streaming by storm. There's still people that play it now with different mods, and that's Among Us. Now, Kevin, you and I even played a little bit on it whenever you could. My wife and I played this with a few of our friends. It was fun and engaging to basically figure out who's lying. Now, if you haven't seen anything about Among Us, yes, you probably know that you know that you've seen the little freaky astronaut character. Basically. You are part of the crew aboard a spaceship that has been sabotaged. It is damaged. And together, you have to work as a crew to repair the ship and get the hell home or wherever you got to go. The problem is somebody in your group has been given a role that they are not part of the crew. They are part of an alien force that is there to take you out. Well, how do you know who it is? You actually have to talk it out and figure out, okay, well, who was doing whatever task? Oh, well, I was doing that. Well, when were you doing that? Because I was around there. I didn't see you. Then it becomes a whole point of like, well, how well can you bluff? How well can you communicate? How believable are you? If people take it way too seriously, it's a good way to 
hurt relationships. <laughs> but if you're playing it for just fun and you keep in mind that it is just a game and just fun, you can have a lot of fun with it. Because the only way to really get rid of the imposter, the alien, is to vote him out, shoot him out the airlock. And you can only do that during certain times during the meeting, but you have to have a majority vote to send somebody out the airlock. And sometimes maybe your friend Paul just didn't, uh, didn't convey his role properly. He's part of the crew, but you thought he was an imposter and you voted him out the airlock. Well, now you have less people to actually figure out who's lying, who's telling the truth. You don't know that you sent the wrong person out. You just hope that you sent the right person out. <laughs> Oh, no, the game isn't over. There's still an imposter among us. And you got to stay alive and either fix the ship or vote the right person out. It's a lot of fun. It, it uses a lot of words, which I am not good with. But sometimes you'll even notice that whoever is talking the loudest, everyone thinks that they're the believable one. But it's all about the group dynamic. It's not a just two-person game, but you can play online with other people. It's just more difficult to try to figure out if some rando on the internet is lying or not. Spoiler. They probably are. <laughs> probably are. <laughs> Fucking little shits. The last one I got that me and my wife played, we've talked about it before. And these, by the way, these aren't all the games that we've played. Just wanted to break down a couple of them that we have had personal experience with. It takes two. Now, Andrew, you, you and M played this one as well, right? Yes, we played it and beat it. And she loved that one, too. We we had, have not beaten it. It was another one of those things where it was like, hey, baby's coming. Uh, we got shit to do. But what we have played of it is a lot of fun. It seems like it's different genre of games, almost. Every time you get to a new area, you get some kind of new skills. You get to play a mom, and the other person gets to play the dad. And each one of them get a separate kind of like unique power for each area you go to, and you guys have to work together in order to progress through the game. So in the very beginning, one person gets a hammer, and the other one gets nails. So the person with the hammer can knock things, they can use the hammer to swing, and the other person with the nails can create little spots for the hammer to attach so the person can swing across. You can use the nails to pin things against walls and keep doors open and stuff. This game is really good with having you have to talk to your partner and be like hey i need you to do this because if not we can't progress to the level and what's really neat is there's little hidden games that break up the the need to help each other and it's a game that pits you against each other and these games have nothing to do with the storyline say say if your partner took too long and messed something up or where you can get your revenge by bopping them on the head with the hammer during a whack-a-mole sort of mini game but it's it's a very fun game. I can't wait for me and my wife to go back and finish that because uh, I think we, I know we've talked about this game before, and I believe it won some awards. As far as I, I can't remember if it won Game of the Year or not, but it is very very well done, very highly regarded. So definitely suggest that being one that I, I believe anybody can pick up and play. What Andrew? What do you think? I think so too. It's a lot of puzzle solving but you're talking it out between each other it doesn't really pit the fact of like you know oh my god there's dire consequences if you don't do this right this time no i mean you kind of work together or 
you kind of wait for the other person to do what they need to do to progress, and then you can do what you need to do to progress, and you converge back into your shared path. And like Kevin said, that there are many games that are a lot of fun, where instead of doing the cooperative play, you then have a little versus moment, like, okay, I, I don't know about you, Kev, my wife's very competitive. So when when games like Mario Kart come around, she is fiercely vying for first place. She is yelling on the TV if she if something happens that inconveniences her. So in the same aspect, she likes to do that competitive play and do the mini games. She always loved to play and find each of those games because I think there's like twenty some mini games throughout that which you can go back and play at any time. You don't have to specifically play them at those points in the story. You can go back to the main menu and just play them whenever you want. But when we played them, we always played them three times. Because a lot of the times it was, I would win one, she would win one, and then we'd do a tiebreaker. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was a lot of fun that had a fun dynamic to keep you engaged and to kind of change things up. Because at some point, like you like you said, there's one person has a hammer, one person has nails. Later on, you'll have two ends of a magnet, one with a positive, one with a negative polarity. And then you have to figure out how you have to go through the level or work together to do that, to solve the issues, solve the puzzle to be able to progress further ahead. The only thing that was kind of a little interesting with that game was is very story-driven to the point where you are parents that are trying to go through a divorce, and the whole game is to try to stop you from going through a divorce. <laughs> so it's kind of awkward. Especially if you're on the bounds of divorce. Yes. <laughs> it, it is humorous, and it does help to work on the cooperation and the communication between you and the other person playing. It's got like Pixar elements to it. Yes. I can see this being like a Pixar movie. It's not hallway game style. It's very open world. Yes, there are certain ways like, okay, if I go to this spot, I am going into the next area for completing this section of the map. You can do little interactions. You can knock over a pot. You can pick up little Loch Ness monsters and take them back to their mommy. Like it, it, there's, there's all sorts of little things that you can do. That's fun little things that if you weren't searching for them, you might not find them. But once you notice that they could be available, one of them, because you are the parents going through the divorce, you are shrunken down in size and you have different engagements of things that you normally wouldn't think of because you're usually bigger. You come across your child's piggy bank, and there are a couple of coins on the ground. Well, you can put so many coins into the piggy bank, and then it's nice and full. And then you can jump and butt slam down and break the piggy bank, and your significant other in the game will then yell at you for doing so. <laughs> because there are different engagements of the bickering, soon-to-be-divorced parents. So that's a, it's always a fun dynamic, just listening to them going back and forth while you are trying to cooperatively work with your significant other to complete the game, and they're bickering on screen. It's still a very fun game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm sure they make up in the end. I don't know. No spoilers, because uh, we're no I'm, spoilers. Eventually, I'm eventually going to play it, but I just get a feeling it's going to be like a happy-go-lucky ending. Maybe I'll 
eat those words at a later date. Like we said, those are games that we have actually played and experienced together. But now we want to move on to games that either we have played or we do know enough about to talk about. And maybe we just haven't played them with our significant other. So, Andrew, do you want to start with some some games that, that, that would probably be an easy entryway into gaming, mostly for ones that you know haven't gamed too much? Absolutely. If your cooperative player, partner, has not played a lot of games, then perhaps they would be interested in playing Sims. It's, uh, it's nothing that is very difficult. It's very immersive, but it's nothing that's very difficult to initially get the hang of, where you can have your own fantasy world, fantasy people that can have an extensive life. You can teach them how to cook. You can send them off to a job. You can put them in a pool and take the ladder out and watch them drown. Suck like there's, there's so many psychological aspects of this, but that's why there have been so many additions and sequels and expansions of Sims is because there are so many creative things that you can do with Sims. Kev, you said Joe has like every Sims 3 expansion? Four. Basically. Sims 3 and 4, babe boy. All right, she ain't no pleb. What I remember in Sims 3, like basics of Sims 3, is you can create a character and someone else can create a character and you can see their character passively moving in the background or whatnot that you can like kind of interact with, but you don't have control of them. Mm -hmm. But if you were to log out and they log in, it's the exact opposite. They can see your character going around and doing whatever thing that they are initially prone to do and they can handle their own character to Mm -hmm. build them up or change them out now it's like a nice little neighborhood so you get to see them like doing their own shit when you're not playing so that's pretty cool my wife was playing that shit last night she created me and her she had me in the game spend like eight hours trying to befriend a stray cat so we could i could adopt them and she was like at the bar getting hit on i'm over there fucking with a laser pointer playing with this goddamn homeless cat I was like, what the fuck? Did you get the cat? Hell yeah, I got that cat. <laughs> we, then it all worked out, baby. What do you think, I'm a scrub? <laughs> I, I, earlier I talked about Mario Party, but a very, very fun game, which Andrew already talked about, was Mario Kart. Mario Kart's just a, it's a fun racing game, and I'm not big on racing games, so trust and believe when I say Mario Kart's a lot of fun. It's you and 11 other racers just competing for first place there's plenty of items to screw each other over with there's so many freaking maps they just released a whole bunch more and they're releasing like eight new maps every couple months or something for the next year or two from older mario karts just a really fun game to pick up and play because each i think the longest one probably takes eight minutes to beat like to go around the track three times but it's really fun because he gets that little competitive thing. And honestly, at the end of the day, in order to play this game, all you have to do is hold the go button and just go forward. The game does get difficult if you increase the difficulty or the later maps are pretty hard. But there's still easier ones where literally you you just drive on the, the track and you can just go back and forth. So it lets your partner feel like, you know, they're accomplishing something. And I mean, they are, but it brings it to them in such a way where there's not much else for them to do 
as far as they don't need to memorize all the buttons on the controller. All you have to do is be like, okay, here's your controller. You hold the A button and you go forward and then you use the left joystick to go left and right. And if you want to use an item, you can. It's uh, this button right here. And then it can eventually lead them into, if they want to play more, if they really enjoy it, then they can start worrying about the drifting and they can worry about the, the shortcuts, the hops, all that stuff. So I think it's a really good entryway just because of to play the game, you don't need to know a lot, but to, you know, really be proficient at the game, you do have to increase your skill level of some things, which you can gradually incorporate. And don't think of it as a, a Formula One racing game. No, it's just like a couple of friends that are out at the go-kart track. Yeah, you're you're go-karting it up, son, throwing bananas and shells at each other. It's very colorful as well as very hypnotizing and engaging music. Definitely a good choice. Dang, Skippy. So, if you were to think Lego, you think kids. But there are a lot of different Lego games out there that are also very good as intro games. Say your significant other has an interest in, oh, anything? Well, they have a Lego game for that. There's Lego Marvel. There's Lego Harry Potter. Batman. Lord of the Rings. Star Wars. Like, you name it, there's practically a Lego thing for it. Indiana Jones. There are a lot of different topics and styles of what the story portrays to that would be engaging and allow anyone that wants to be introduced into video games to be able to learn. Buttons are very simple. You move around the map of the joystick. You jump with a button. You engage, act, interact with a button. And maybe you build with a button. But anytime that one of those actions needs to be used, usually there's a little hint on the screen that'll actually be able to tell you, hey, hold B and you can build here. Okay, cool. Once you get enough interactions, engagements into a level, you'll unlock more things. You'll unlock more characters. So say somebody's a Star Wars fan. You start out with episode one, Anakin. Well, going through a certain level, you may end up unlocking R2-D2. There's all sorts of different reasons and ways to play the same level over and over again, but it won't feel the same like you need to play it over again, but maybe you, got, you kind of do. It's funny that you say there's any freaking Lego game, because uh, I remember growing up, I had a Lego game called Lego Loco, and you built trains like you built train tracks and you had to deliver mail and shit and there's i remember that game because i went to a fucking subreddit there was some deep recess in my mind that was like what is this game i remember it being colorful i remember being about legos and i couldn't figure it out so i went to uh the subreddit tip of my joystick where you describe games and people help you figure out what they are so someone fucking figured out lego loco man you damn well know i'd fucking installed Lego Loco on my computer and was playing Lego Loco at like 4 a.m. one night. Like like Andrew said, there's there's Lego games for everyone and the the crazy thing is that one's obviously that came out like ninety eight, but you can get pretty much any of the newer ones on any console. It it does not matter. Me and my wife played the Jurassic Park one and I had no idea the Jurassic Park one includes the original Jurassic Park trilogy. I thought it was going to be like the Chris Pratt one. And that's it. 
no, I mean, you, you like get dropped off on the helicopter, like in the very first movie. And it's like, you go left for the original trilogy, you go to the right for the, the newer ones. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Well, that's like with the star Wars ones now. Yeah. Like we thought the star Wars complete saga was going to be the end of it. You know, it's the complete saga. It had episodes one through six. And then now we have the Skywalker saga that has one through nine. Yeah, and they revamped the hell out of it, too. There's a whole bunch of new stuff in there. The visuals look amazing. Yeah. Batman has not only Batman, but you also have, I think there's one that just focuses on the villains, which is crazy to think about. I know I talked about this game previously. This is another one that me and my wife played. But this is a very, very beginner-friendly, depending on how you play it, because it's not necessarily a co-op game. But the way me and my wife played it was co-op. So it was Halloween, and I fired up the PS4, and it was a game called Until Dawn. I know I talked about this before, but I can't express how much how much fun it was to play this game together. So the way we played it was the person that had the good reflexes, me, because I play video games all the goddamn time, I had the controller, and my wife got to make all the decisions. So this is your typical Scooby-Doo gang of fucking kids are in a spooky situation, uh, except they can actually die. And you get to make choices throughout this entire game of, all right, does this guy go left or does he hide in this locker? You only get a very small amount of time to figure out which one you want to do. So I'm like super tense because I have to respond to my wife. My wife's tense because she has to respond to the actual what's going on on the screen. So I even have, I have even less time than what the screen's giving me because I'm waiting for her to make a decision. And if you don't make a decision, then I think it's its own kind of decision where something else happens. But it's so much fun because it's basically an interactive movie. There's not a whole bunch of things to do. I mean, you get to walk around and inspect things, but it's basically like press triangle or press left and right and make a decision. But I, I just love how we were doing great and then my wife made one decision and like four people died <laughs> off one decision. So I love, I love giving her that. And there's so many different endings to the game. You can keep playing it. Me and my wife played it a second time later on. I think it was the following year we played it. It's a great game. And like I said, it's not co-op, but you can easily just have someone sit next to you and just make the decisions while you push the buttons. And it's like your own little movie that you guys are creating. Nice. Well, to piggyback off of that, a co-worker of mine who, when I suggested It Takes Two, he ended up playing that with his wife. They loved it. They played it. They beat it. They ended up playing another game afterwards called A Way Out, where you are two people escaping from prison. The way that you go about the story is you have to work off of each other in different ways to progress through the story. He said that it was fun. It wasn't as fun or colorful as It Takes Two. He said the story in the beginning was good, then the end it kind of dropped off. But it still had that It Takes Two-esque attitude in moments of the game. You still have to talk together with your cooperative player and figure out how you're going to go to the next part and complete the puzzles. It didn't seem like it actually took him as long either. It's definitely a game to play. And to try out, it might not be something that would take you that long, but it adds definitely a diversity into your library of what you've tried. Fantastic. 
my next ones kind of go along with Until Dawn. It's not exactly co-op. It's more of a game where you're supposed to be pitted against each other. But the way me and my wife, every time her aunt and her dad come over, right before they leave, we play these fucking games. And it's Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune or Trivia Pursuit or anything kind of in that realm of like game show games where like I have the controller in my hands and everyone's just shouting out the fucking answers. And it's just a great way to get everyone involved because it's just like they're playing the game show. They forget they're playing a video game. They just feel like they're they're watching TV. And it's so cool that uh, these games can get the four of us together and just like have a great time. Because what usually ends up happening is when we play Jeopardy, we always play against the same two people, Patricia and Robert. And we just fucking trash talk the AI, Patricia and Robert. If Patricia gets something wrong, fucking her aunt's like, Patricia, you fucking clawed. Nobody <laughs> asked you, Patricia. <laughs> and it's just so much fun. Like I said, not necessarily a co-op game, but fantastic fucking thing just to sit down and I think it takes like 15, 20 minutes to get through an entire thing, if that. Nice. So this was a game that I haven't played, but I've looked at and looked up before that definitely seemed interesting. Now, it would be difficult for me to be on one of the ends of this because I am terrible at communicating. But the game is called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Basically, you are working with your partner to dismantle a bomb. And on the bomb, there are many different quadrants and spots of puzzles to solve. Say you have the bomb in front of you. Your partner has the answer guide. You have different symbols on your end. Well, you have to relay what that symbol is so that they can tell you, okay, well, go in this order of what symbols are what. Or, um, cut the red wire because the green isn't safe. And there's a time limit because, of course, it's a bomb. It's going to explode. I have watched people stream and play this, and it's always good for a good laugh because you hear people start getting frantic when the time gets lower and lower. It definitely looks like a fun game to play that I have not tried yet. Yeah, I remember that game being like super popular when it first came out. It seems like a lot of fun and can create some pretty high intense situations. The next game on my list was uh, Snipper Clips, which is a game that came out like right around the launch of the Switch. You play these like little U-shaped characters. They have like little cartoon eyeballs. They have like little stick figure hands and stuff. You and your partner get one Joy-Con a piece and you can rotate the Joy-Con to rotate the character's body. And then you can actually cut shapes, cut parts out of each other and create little cups or little like things to poke things with. And you're just, cre- you're just solving puzzles. Like there's one where you have to make a basketball shot. So you fucking get the one person to tilt sideways and you create like a little cup area out of them. So then they pick back up and then you scoop the ball up and you give it to them. And then you have to rotate your body so they can jump on you. And then they jump and they 
knock the ball into the little hoop thing. So it's very fun because you guys uh, had to communicate with each other about uh, not only what to do, but what you have to do in order to beat the puzzle. Because in the end, it's just a puzzle game. And you guys get to figure out together, like, hey, do you think this will work? Do you, okay, we'll try turning this way, turn a little bit more. Okay, now I'll do this and then you can do that. So it's just a great way to get something going of where you guys get to, like, you're forced to talk to each other, work together to, to solve these really fun puzzles. So two more games that are on my list that I haven't played yet, but that look intriguing and I want to try them. Uh, one of them's called Unravel 2. It gives strong Little Big Planet vibes with the way that the characters are basically made out of yarn and they're stuck together by a single thread. There's two of them and you have to work together to clear the levels, clear the maps being stuck together. It looks like there's a lot of fun dynamic between how you're supposed to work together, how you have to think about the fact that it's yarn, your characters. Like, it looks colorful. I'm definitely interested in trying it. Uh, The other one is called Don't Starve. And it's a survivor game that has a very Tim Burton-esque art style. So, (laughs) if, if the person you're trying to get interested in gaming is into... Coraline, Nightmare Before Christmas, all the sorts of Tim Burton-esque movies and such, this art style may help draw them in and want to play with you. No, both uh, both fun games. Played both of them. Don't Starve is, is a lot of fun. My last one is a game that my wife is currently playing. And by I mean currently, I mean... I stepped away for a second, and she is on her phone playing it. It's Animal Crossing. She's playing the one that's on the cell phone. I'm just talking about more so the newest one, because the newest one you can always can team up. You might be able to do with all of them, actually. It's just a little more difficult. The Switch one makes it real easy. You guys can go to each other's islands, or you can just have yourself on the island if you'd like, along with them. And you're just catching butterflies... Finding fossils, catching fish, talking to neighbors. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wholesome game that I cannot perfectly describe to people. I remember I got a coworker to buy it. She got a Switch. She was like, hey, I need, some, I need some games to play. I was like, oh, man, you love Animal Crossing. And she got it. And the first day is, you know, kind of boring because there's not too much you can do. Because you're very limited the first day. You have to wait for stuff to get built. But then as the week progressed, she was like, why am I playing this? This this is boring. And then like a week later, she's like, I was at home and I was playing it for like four hours straight. She just goes, I remember saying, I fucking hate you, Kevin, even though I wasn't there. Because it's so addicting and it's, it's got such a charm to it that I I believe I was talking to Andrew. I was like, Andrew, I feel like just playing through all the Animal Crossings again. Like just give it a a year or two for each one. Yeah, man, because I love the first one. I love Literally for each one. Yeah, I love the GameCube one, like, a lot, and I love the DS one. So I just want to kind of go through and, and play them all again. No, absolutely, because Animal Crossing was something that I used to play, and then my ex would play as well, and it was something that you can play separate or together. Like Kevin said, you can work off the same town, 
or same island, or you can have your own and visit each other's. But it's something that over time, you have more of an investment into what's happened. So even if you aren't sucked in, in in the first week or so or trying it, then just like a book, a good book, if you give it a little bit of time to get yourself acquainted with what's going on, you'll find yourself in a groove and absolutely immersed. But enough of the easy peasy games. Now we're going to get into some of the harder, more treacherous games. Just kidding. The, uh, these are a little bit more difficult. They do require some knowledge of gaming, I would, I would say. At least, like, memorizing the buttons on the controller. My first pick for this one is definitely Cuphead. We've talked about Cuphead before. Cuphead is a harder game, for sure. Just look up the YouTube video of the magazine reviewer who couldn't beat the tutorial level and he spent like 30 minutes on it. Shit's hilarious. And it's solely because he didn't read the instructions that are plastered on the the wallpaper of the fucking game. But the game does have a co-op and it makes it a little easier. I believe they boost the health. I'm not entirely sure of that. I have to double check of the, the bosses, I mean. it's It's definitely a game where when you beat a level, you feel like you've accomplished something. So bringing along someone and you guys both doing it and both surviving seems like it would just a blast to do. That one's more of like a side-scroller beat-em-up. Yeah, you get to shoot. Uh, it's an old-school, I want to say like 1920s cartoon vibe. Even the music is right around that era. It's really cool because the first gun you get is your finger. And you just, you hold your finger like a gun, and he just closes one eye, and he shoots. Bang, bang. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I remember seeing the art style when it first came out, and just thinking, it was very clever how they were able to not only make it seem like this dangerous boss, also has like this big smile (laughs) on its face. It does, like you said, get very early, like, Merry Melodies, Looney Tunes, like, cartoony style with a lot of the different engagements that that one has as a side scroller there are only a certain amount of buttons that you'll have to memorize to be able to appropriately attack i remember like i asked my wife before we did this episode i was like hey what games have we played and she said do you remember when you got me to try call of duty (laughs) why why would you do that because I was hopeful. <laughs> even I, even I'm like looking at the controller, like fuck. Which one's a grenade again? I think we played like Black Ops Three or something like that, and it was it was a disaster. We tried to do the story, even I tried to make it easy enough to be able to like kind of learn to aim and shoot. It just it didn't work out too well. But that's where like if you were to have somebody that was more inclined to understand or have that kind of hand-eye coordination to be able to work the controllers like that a game like call of duty or even borderlands and more specifically now tiny tina's wonderland would be good games to be able to play with a significant other or, or a partner borderlands has always been very funny and silly but also a good first person shooter 
but Tiny Tina's has added more of like a D&D vibe. Because you can have magic and different little aspects to it because you're basically on Tiny Tina's playmat, her board. So you're going against all of her little characters, creatures, monsters, mobs. There's a reason that Borderlands has been around for so long because they're clever in their voice acting as well as their scripts. Their designs are very colorful and engaging. And the way that, that the story and everything is just pulls you in and makes you want to play and keep going. So if you have somebody that's definitely a good first-person shooter, they like that, try out Borderlands. Can't believe you tried to get your wife to play Call of Duty. <laughs> Were the boys not available? This was early on in our relationship. Uh, so this was before the boys. Gotcha, gotcha. It's definitely one that I agree you have to be a little bit more into the gaming scene to probably play still a lot of fun though great picks i haven't played tiny tina but borderlands just the sense of humor alone can can draw people in i got a couple old school ones that i'm just gonna fire at you guys got streets of rage as old school beat em up a little tougher game as most of these older games are but the buttons are very simple a couple of them are just on the nes so you have Literally eight buttons to press. That's the most you can press. And four of those are up, down, left, and right. One of which doesn't do anything, which is select button. Then you have the start, B, and A. A game that me and Andrew played all the time. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 4, which is like Turtles in Time. Another great side-scroll beat-em-up. This one was on the Super Nintendo, which had a little bit more buttons, but some of them you didn't use. I don't even think the L and R were even used at all. I think one of the face buttons weren't used either. It's just a very simple game to pick up. Pick whichever turtle you wanted to play as and start fucking kicking some ass. And then another very, very old school one is Gauntlet. Again, that you could play this on the original Nintendo. So there's not many buttons to know, but they are they are harder games. But they are so much fun. These games, to me, hold up. I know me and Andrew played TNMT4 together, and then I believe me and my wife played Gauntlet together, because I believe she played that as a kid as well. But just very simple games where you see something on the screen, you're going to attack it. Very easy concept, just a little harder for difficulty-wise, because the people on the screen, they're going to hit back at you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Those are solid picks. I'm going to continue more on the first person aspect, but on two different sides of the spectrum. I have two games that if you're more into the sci-fi, gory, the zombie-esque, Resident Evil 5 had a fun little co-op way of playing together and then running through. It was very difficult to have enough ammo to be able to share between the two of you, so that makes it a little difficult. You have to make your shots count. Whenever you play that. If you played any Resident Evil games, you'll understand what I mean. But also, Portal 2. Portal 1, hilarious. Fantastic. Get it in the orange box. The story, the concept, just being able to think in portals. Brilliant. But then Portal 2, just it just takes it and goes even further. And it's fun to be able to try to do that and play that as well. Just Portal is a game, yes, just buy it, play it. Even if you're watching each other play it, it is definitely worth the visual 
You can play rock, paper, scissors against each other. Need we say more? The reason why I love Portal 2, again, it has that puzzle thing, so you have to, like, talk to each other. But there's a lot of times where you have to... This brings out the evil side of me, as you guys know. I love doing our video games. Where one person will have to maneuver inside of the puzzle while the other person gets to see the puzzle and they have to tell the person, okay, you need to jump up here and you have to move to the right or something. But they also have to, like, push a button to move things around in the puzzle. But if you let go of the button or push the button, then something might happen and the other person dies. Like, you may be holding down a button for a bridge to come across. And uh, if you step off the button and when they're halfway across the bridge, then they fall in the water and they die, and it's funny. It's a solid pick. I can't get down on RE5 just because I hate I, God damn it, that game. Uh, it's a good co-op game, though. It's, you can definitely make fun of the game. And Portal 2 is just hilarious. Here's one game that I did try with my wife. And I, I believe she enjoyed it. I think my intention span, we just started playing something else. But Fantasy Star Online. Fucking love that game. And we talked about it before because me, Andrew, and Sean used to play it all the time growing up. But it's just create your character, go out into the world, shoot or stab or blow up shit. You guys get to work together to take down baddies. You get to share loot. Again, because that thing where you guys have to talk to each other. Because you might have a healer on your team. You're like, hey, I need some heals. Or you need to talk with each other and drop some, some potions for each other. Tell the magic user, hey, this person's weak against fire and stuff like that. So it's, you get to talk a lot. And then there's some times where you don't have to talk. You can just go into a room, start beasting up things and just fucking have a great time. Like we we had a blast playing that game, didn't we, Andrew? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's why I was down to even try some more PSO2. Still have to try that sometime. I know, I just feel like it's not going to be the same, man. Like, if you could tell me it's just Fantasy Star Online, I'd be like, sign me up. But we'll give it a try. We'll give it a try. I got some time in my hands. So something else that uh, have been introduced to me that I didn't really try because I knew if I actually did try, I was going to get sucked in was World of Warcraft. I knew if I even tried it, I was just going to get sucked in. And at the time, I wasn't really interested in paying for a monthly subscription to be on the server or whatnot. The fact that that has kept the interest of so many people for so long, they're doing something right. You can have a lot of different people that are playing on that, whether you are in the same room, not in the same room, same state, same country. You can play together. You can be a part of a team. You can work, accomplish goals to do just like in PSO. Go through raids, find loot, work together. Hey, that person's weak against fire. Build up your character, create an experience, and have that communication back and forth. You you don't want to pull a Leroy Jenkins and have somebody just not communicate and then just throw it for the rest of the people. No, you actually want to be able to work together and have a more fulfilling experience. If you don't know what WoW is by now... There's a good South Park episode about it. Yeah, <laughs> watch it on HBO Max. I, too, have never played WoW because I knew I would be super addicted to it. It wasn't the fact that I didn't want to pay for a monthly subscription. It's that when it came out, I didn't have a job because I was, like, 
10. So I couldn't afford fucking play well. And boy, howdy. And I'm, am I, I'm almost glad I never played well. Because I, I, I believe I would still be playing that fucking game. For sure. Oh, yeah. My, my last one for this co-op episode. It's a game that you guys know I love. And I have not played it with my wife because my wife hates the game. It's the Binding of Isaac. This game has two different types of co-op. If you get the Binding of Isaac after Birth Plus, then when you when you do co-op, you turn into one of the little babies. And you're a little weaker. You'll get like a random tear shot effect, depending on which one you are. And Repentance, you have your own Binding of Isaac character for that run. So there's two full-blown Isaacs, but you also have to share items. And there's some things you can do to exploit that a little bit, but teaming up together in that tough game and splitting items so one person isn't like underpowered and the other person's overpowered, you guys are kind of like meeting in the middle, but still fighting against these tough-ass bosses that if you had all these items on one character, it might be a little bit of a challenge, is is a lot of fun. And the arguments that it leads to is always hilarious of like, nah, man, I want that item. You got that item. And it's just like, it goes from being happy-go-lucky in the beginning to near the end, you bum rush into the room and you take whichever item you fucking want because the other one disappears. It's just funny. Just because I like watching the chaos ensue. Is that mostly PC, or is that also on console? Oh, man, that, that thing's on everything now. Everything? Yeah, even Repentance just came out, I believe, on Xbox One, PS4, Switch. It all started on the PC, and you can get mods for the PC and stuff, so that's usually what I played on. Like I said, Binding of Isaac is the game that I've sunk hundreds of hours on different consoles, like, I've beaten it on Xbox 360, Xbox One, PC, Switch. I think the only thing I don't own it on is the PS4. Because it, it was on the 3DS as well. So I played it on the 3DS. <laughs> so you, you got some options when it comes to Binding of Isaac. It's just if you want the full-fledged two Isaac co-op experience, you have to get Repentance. Which is the newest DLC of Binding of Isaac. Yeah, because we ended up trying that with you and me before. Yeah, boy! To try to do the co-op. I don't think I had repentance right away. No. I just wanted you to try the game to see if you enjoyed it. You just wanted it. me to try Isaac because it was the original one and tre- cheaper. It's it's a fun game. It's it's definitely dark and it has a uh, little interesting parts to it, but it is a fun game and definitely fun to do co-op. So my last one with a similar aspect to yours that started on the PC is Stardew Valley. It's another one that's become widely popular. The whole premise of it, if you don't know, is that you inherited your grandfather's old farm plot. Think Animal Crossing meets Minecraft. To a degree. Because you can farm. You can engage in different things out in the wild. You can engage with different people. You can eventually go to the points of like creating relationships or building up your relationship the random people that are also in the village and just how time progresses in that you can work together in your farming and your mining and your traits. I wouldn't say it's simplistic. 
it's not as actively engaging as like a Resident Evil or a Call of Duty or something like that. But you will definitely lose hours of the day playing this. It's fun, it's immersive, it's colorful, and you'll find yourself creating and playing out your character's life in Stardew Valley. So a lot of my picks were from personal experience, and I even tried to do some research and look up some other ones that I haven't yet engaged in, that I am interested in, or even ones that you as the listener may be interested in as well. But if you have heard anything that kind of piques your interest, whether it be from the play style, the artwork, the name, or even the subject, feel free to look it up. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. Let us know that you're interested in it, but we kind of didn't expand on it enough. We will be happy to go into more detail of what our experiences were. DM us on Twitter or Instagram. Just let us know what you may be interested in. Like, hey, my significant other really likes Star Wars. I'm thinking about trying to get one of the Lego Star Wars. Which one should I try? Boom. We'll talk you through it. It's okay, baby bird. We'll feed you. And you can get those at VGL underscore podcast, both at Twitter and the Instagram. We check those a few times every day just to see if anyone's adding us or what have you, whatever you do on the Instagram. I don't, I don't do Instagram, so it's not me you're going to be talking to. It's most likely going to be John or Andrew. But no, we hope that you guys can take some of these game suggestions and, you know, take someone that you care about in your life and, you know, try and show them the passion that you have and hopefully open that door that allows them to experience what you experience every time that you, you play these games and listen to these podcasts and stuff like that. So if you have an experience like that, let us know about that as well, because we'd, we'd love to hear about those stories. Thanks for listening to the episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, thank you, Creative Brain Candy, for having us. Like the commercial earlier said, make sure you guys go check out Stay Wild Trauma Child. And uh, I think that's it for this episode, so hope you guys enjoyed it. Guys, take it easy. We love you guys. Love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. See ya. And here we go. Suck my nuts. <laughs> Editor's note. You just got pwned. Pwned. Insert ACDC generic white boy voice here. <laughs> She had a Wii. God, my wife just sent me a picture of that uh, that game controller for babies. Yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, I've seen that thing. It's fucking awesome. It's got the Kanabi code. And she's like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, fair, I guess. And then just work it, work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. By the way, this episode brought to you by Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>